Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Here we go, straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. What a night, guys. What a night. It is storming. If we were back east in Jersey, Cofield, this would be like a normal night. Nothing. This is like one of those, like if you have two feet of snow in Jersey... Vegas, if you have 20 minutes of rain, we react the same way. But we're, hey, listen, nothing's stopping us. I mean, we had a flood about a month ago. We got here. We were a minute or two late, but we got here two hours tonight. NFL, looking at the preseason, looking ahead to the regular season. We're talking college football. We got Steve Fezzik, pregame pro and specialist when it comes to the NFL, just jam packed. Showtime! Woo! The Vegas lead. Big question of the night. Will RJ stand the entire show? Yes. You go, Really? Oh, I, I usually, you know, it's funny. This show, I've been sitting the whole show, but typically I like to stand. It opens up the diaphragm. Me too. But somehow I've never seen you stand. I'm lazy when I get to the show. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> it's that late night, I <laughs> guess. No, nah, these seats are very comfy. We got a low <laughs> table. We got a low table. What are you going to do? There you the, go. the real Vegas lead, Tiger Woods, he's in it again. Are we going to do it? Is Fezzik going to say, Tiger can't win. He's four strokes back at the PGA. All right. So first off, let's set this up. Because back at the British Open, (laughs) the Open, Saturday night, just like this, how many shots was Tiger back, Cofield? I think he was five back. Five back. Yeah. And And at the time, the odds out of Vegas, he was what? About 16 to one. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he was. No, actually, yeah, he was 16 to 1. Yep. 16 yep, yep. to 1. And Fezzik said, uh, I'll give you 50 to 1. Now, everyone was like, What? The two time Super Contest champion 
The only guy, think about that. That is the World Series of Poker of sports betting. The only guy ever to win it twice. He did it back to back just to show off. He's saying, I'm going to triple your odds, if not better. And Cofield was fumbling. And I was like, well, I'll bet that. Give me a nickel one. He goes, no, no, no. No, no. I just want, I want the representative of the Joes out of the square chair, Steve Cofield. And you guys bet $50 to win $2,500. And then Tiger took the lead. What was it, like the 12th or 13th? 10th hole. 10th hole. Tenth he hole. Had, so it's Tiger with the lead in the final round of a major. Now, we know historically he's been great in those spots, especially coming into the round. But now you got less than nine holes to go. How excited were you watching it live at that point? Absolutely. How excited were you? I was so excited I did not want to tweet about it because of the jinx. <laughs> now, I was going to rub it in. I'm like, it's going to kill the whole thing. Now, let me ask you this. And, and I'm being 100% serious. How much of it was that you would have won 2,500, the excitement, and how much was that you would be able to just lord it over Fezzik? How, split it up. 70, 30, the 2,500. <laughs> I figured. I need probably, the money. Probably 80, 20. I got to pay off the car. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fez, were you, were you watching? I was not. He was, you were just how cocky cool. He you? was just cool as a cucumber. I was looking at Twitter, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere... He's going to do it. Here comes Tiger. I'm like, what is going on? And that's when I started following it, right when he started collapsing. And then? He fell apart. He fell apart. The very next hole, 11 and 12. I think he had a double on 11, a bogey on 12. It was over. So the next Saturday night, Cofield pulls out his wallet. He's pull- you ever see like where there's a five you find in your couch? <laughs> I just it, it, I just found a twenty in my bag. I mean, from it, a year it's ago. like it's I like I should have paid with. I mean, there's cracker crumbs yeah. on it. Uh, I mean, you don't know what's going. I mean, it looked like like uh, let's just say it was dirty money, literally, not figuratively, literally. And he paid him off, and he was all- and Fezzik just put it in his pocket and smiled. He just smiled. I am Elma J. Foot, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. So here's the question, Fezzik, you got the mansion and the yacht. What is the bet going to... Are you going to give 50 to 1 this time to Cofield? I am not. What's the change? The change is, I think I was wrong about Tiger. I thought this was an aberration. Oh, he managed to be in contention in one major. It would be way too egotistical for me to think that I know enough that all of a sudden... It's another miraculous top 10 performance for Tiger. Tiger is clearly playing better than I thought he was. He's would. 20 to 1. Give me 40. All right, so let, let's do this now. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Just Come double on. it. Just double Come it. On. So let's do, a, uh, let's, let's do a rundown. Now, that's one of the nice things in Vegas. A lot of people don't even realize it, is you actually can bet. Well, you can bet in the round, within the round, but there's a lot of books put out odds in between the rounds. Let's get an update. So give us the favorites. Yeah, we have one of the premier golf books at the Superbook. They have Brooks Kapka, the leader. Even money. Even money with a round to go. Minus 12. Adam Scott is 10 under. He's 8 to 1. Ricky Fowler's 9 under. He's 8 to 1. Rom is 9 under. He's 8 to 1. Justin Thomas is 4 back. He's 14. Day is 14 to 1. He's 4 back. Tiger Woods, also 4 back. 20 to 1. So really what they're saying is, I mean, unless I'm missing something, if you're four, four back tied with Tiger, everyone is everyone through the same amount of holes at this point? Yes. Okay. So really it's just saying these other guys are clearly better, at least perceived to be. So name the, the golfers who are tied with Tiger that have 
better odds to win. There's a better Tom- chance to win. Justin Thomas and Jason Day. Both of them. Yes. And, and there, there are other, I mean, there are other dudes who are way behind. Uh, Schwartzel no, no, is 50-1. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, last question. How many guys are ahead of Tiger right now? Tiger is the ex-favorite to win it. Technically ahead between him and the leader, three. Okay, but I'm, talking about, with, I'm, I'm talking about with the odds. How many people have better odds than Tiger? Six. Six. So Tiger is the seventh favorite to win another major. Well, listen, I was, I was, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I was very confident yesterday. Yeah, you're very flipping was, about it. I, I was very, you blew me off. I was very confident. I said the bet in Vegas for a while has been will Tiger win another major? Pretty much even money. Yes and no, even money. I felt like it's probably more minus 150 that he doesn't. I had someone on Twitter at RJ in Vegas say, well, I'll bet you a thousand bucks. So we actually go back and forth a few times. And then I find out he doesn't want to post up. Like I'm, I'm just some <laughs> guy on Twitter. I'm going to believe, yeah. but uh, I do. I mean, listen. Obviously, he's twenty to one. So I mean, that's a pretty decent chance. But I actually did a little math here because Fez, I used your number, which is about a two percent chance each tournament. So let's say he should be about fifty to one entering these tournaments, and I figured he had about twenty four majors. Uh, well, exactly 24 in the next six years, right? Six times four. Takes him to his 48th year. Now, listen, there's a chance he could win after 48. But if you did a bet like this, you got to settle up at some point, right, on the no. You can't just settle up on the yes if he wins and never, you know, when he dies, we'll settle. No, no, no. <laughs> so, and I did the math, and it ends up, if he has a 2% chance to win the next 24 tournaments, he still is sixty uh, percent. He won't win a major. Forty percent, he will. So unless you think Tiger is better than fifty to one, and let's be candid, in theory, he's the best he's going to be right now. Like all of us, Tiger Woods is the youngest he's ever going to be today again. And the theory is, you get towards your fifties, it's uh, it's tougher to win at golf, right? And I think we've seen that historically. Pretty much as Mark Jackson would say, Father Time is undefeated. So I think two percent for the next twenty four is generous, and it tells you he's an underdog to win another major. Though obviously he's got what a five percent chance in theory if you don't consider the vig at twenty to one right now. Are you guys surprised by this? Talking to uh, book people, they actually weren't getting a lot of Tiger money before the tournament at sixteen to one. They had to drop it to twenty five to one. What does that tell you about betters? They are they actually picking up on value now, or are they giving up on Tiger? If a, a big company came in and said, "RJ, we're going to pay you big money," and I'd be like, "How much?" I'd be like five hundred an hour. I go, "Nope, a right, thousand. Okay, all right, thousand an hour." <laughs> Tell us about gamblers. All right, I've been I've bet pretty much every day since I was fourteen, thirty years. I've been in Vegas um, uh, twenty years now. I would say these two factors, human factors about gamblers, psychological factors. One, they love to bet on the favorite. Because in a way, your bet is a proxy to be that person, right? Think about when you were a kid and you were playing, you know, if it was Tecmo, my generation, Madden, whatever, like, hey, I'm Bo Jackson or Randall Cunningham, right, on Tecmo. He was tough rolling out, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And in a way, if you bet, you're saying, I'm betting with Belichick and Brady. 
I'm batting with Big Ben and the Steelers. Most people don't want to bat with the Browns, for example. So people love to bat the guy they want to be, in a way. The team they want to play on. Number two, human beings have a recency bias, which means they just overreact to what they see and feel most recently. And I think in this case, those two factors are pulling against each other. On one hand, Tiger's Tiger, right? And regardless that he hasn't won for a while, he's the most famous golfer in the last 20 years, and it's not even close. Colin Cowherd talks about it all the time. The ratings, it's not it's not a 10% more. It's like a whole different conversation if Tiger's in a uh, one of the major tournaments on Sunday, right? One of the majors. So... But I also think he's been getting so much betting action. At some point, it's like, bet Tiger and lose. Bet Tiger and lose. Bet Tiger and lose. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, man, it's been a long time since he won. Maybe I'm going to back off for a while. So to me, it's that people love Tiger, but people hate losing probably even more. Can I tell you something else? I believe, and I know you like to be critical of book operators, that they don't no, no. take positions. Ho, ho, ho. I don't like to be critical. I hate being I hate them. Let, let, Let's be <laughs> candid. Yeah, let, yeah, let's be yeah. candid. How often am I, am I critical of anybody except for bookmakers? Bookmakers are bad. You don't maybe don't understand it yet. You will before this show's over. At one point, maybe <laughs> next year, maybe five. No, no, no. Before Straight Out of Vegas is done, bookies are bad. All right, Fez. I'm feeling generous. I'm like the bookies. Cofield, Ooh. I will give you 30 to 1. Ooh, it, it's like he was over. You know what's funny? I, I wonder what he was doing. He was like in the corner with a little pencil, and he was just, he hadn't said anything for like five minutes. Then he pops his head up, and Fezzik says, Cofield, I'll bet you at 30 to 1. Now, listen, I've never seen a build in radio tease better than that. (laughs) So when we come back, Tiger Woods, 20 to 1 to win the PGA. Steve Fezzik, professional better, says he'll offer the square chair 30 to 1. Will he take that bet? Tick, tick, tick. It's coming up straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, no more delay. Let's reset. Cofield uh, lost $50 to Fezzik, had a juicy 50 to 1. Fezzik, he has a mansion and a yacht for a reason. He's not offering the same odds, but he's doubling or or you're going 30 to one. So the current odds, if you want to bet Tiger to win the PGA, 20 to one. Fezzik says, do 50% above that, go to 30 to one. Now the question is, Cofield, do you want any of that action? First though, Fezzik, can I bet bet this? (laughs) Or are you scared? Just if you're scared, we can make this simple. If you're scared, just say, I am scared of RJ. That's I, all you got to say. I am always scared of going head to head against RJ. Cofield, not so much. <laughs> all right, what's he going to do? Open face turkey sandwich. <laughs> like your blood sugar is causing yeah, you yeah. not to be able to think clearly? Do I have to bet 50 again? No. Okay. I, I actually, but, but, but if you have any pride, you can't bet less. This is a 20 that I won apparently back in December that was in an envelope in my bag. Okay. So I'll put up 20. Okay. But the only way you get it is if you can figure out what your payout is. 400? 
<laughs> so tw- I'm okay at math. I'm okay at math. All right, so 20 to win 600. Yeah. You got a fest? Sounds good. It's a bet. All right, let's talk a little bit about Cofield. You really touched on one of my pet peeves. I mean, like, I can't even explain to you the, the, the degree this is a pet peeve. I talk to bookmakers. Okay. No. First, <laughs> that it? first quickly, because we don't want to luxuriate in the ignorance of this. Yeah. Quickly say what you said during the break about what bookmakers told you. So bookmakers told me this week that they'll take all the Tiger money they can handle because they've won so much over the years. Okay. So the implication is on Tiger betting. You know something? We've won in the past, so we don't really mind. We want to give like extra juicy odds. We're going to take a position we, and give you good odds. Yeah, we want to give you, you extra juicy odds just to let you have a really good shot. It's old to, school bookmaking. They're taking a position, no? To, Isn't you, that what they used to do? Well, but all of a sudden now, that sounds like a different story. If they would have answered and said, listen... We've been killing people. We've been, it's like, I know it's legal to bet in Nevada, but we are afraid we might get arrested because the odds have been so bad we've been offering on Tiger. Now people are finally catching on, so we might offer a little bit juicier, but we still think they're so far away from the true, hold on, so far away from the true odds that we're still sitting back in a great spot. Now, that's an honest answer, not, hey, we've won a lot, so it's time to give back to the people. I think they deserve a pat on the back. They're competing now. No. Isn't it what you wanted? They're not competing. They're saying we can't get – you know what it's like? Imagine if you ever see those movies like The Road where like uh, there's been a nuclear war and now everyone's kind of fighting for water. You know, there's been a lot of movies like that. If you have a gas station and you've got the last gas left in town and you're still taking, let's say, gold or dollar bills or whatever – can you charge a hundred bucks a gallon? Okay, you put up a hundred. If people pay, you keep it at a hundred. If people quit paying, you move it down to eighty. This isn't that they're being generous. This is people quit betting at the super crappy numbers they were offering the bookmakers on Tiger, and now they got to offer just crappy, not super crappy, to get the bets. Now let's see what Fazik thinks about this. He deals with the bookmakers more than anybody, but we have to caveat something. Fazik believes. And trying to kiss the bookmakers' butts. Because he figures, <laughs> if I kiss their butts, they'll let me get one more $200 bet off. And for him, that I mean, again, he is the dirtiest player in the game. So that's what matters. So this is his theme when it comes to bookies. Peace and love. Peace and love. But is it so egregious that even Fezzik will tell the truth? What's your verdict? It's egregious. They they know Tiger's true odds are around forty to one right now. Maybe it's thirty five. Maybe it's thirty two. <laughs> so really, what you're saying is you think you have an edge, and that's the the reason uh, you yeah. bet on on the square chair on the man of the people, the Joe. He is his first name is Steve, but his middle name is Joe. You dirtbag! <laughs> I, I asked for forty to one, and you. Nickel and dime me down to 30. <laughs> that, that, that's and then the put dip. me in a, in that, a corner. That's, that's why he has a mansion and a yacht. Dirtiest player in the game. I would have given him 37. So, uh, so if he would have negotiated and said no, you would have went up to 37. Yes. So you're just saying, and, and when he said yes to 30, you just kind of smiled. <laughs> yes. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. Yeah. Backs it up again. <laughs> well, listen, we've got straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, Steve Cofield. We've got a special guest in studio. Now, i, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little worried about this. This guy has such the professional radio voice that I'm just going to sound bad. 
So I, if you're able to thin it out a little bit, but we have. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello, guys. It's Ralph Irvin. Ralph Irvin came to Las Vegas just to visit us at Straight Out of Vegas and read the news at the bottom of the hour. Is that correct, Ralph? No, I'm not going to be reading the news at the bottom of the hour. <sighs> then what are you here for? Just say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and more. But you actually have some thoughts on the tournament. You're a golf guy. Yeah. No. You're a, you're a seven handicap. Yeah. That's mighty good. It's, it's interesting looking at, at the numbers with Tiger because he is one over for the week on the back nine. So if he's going to make any play, you're going to know about it before the turn. Because if he hasn't really taken the lead by that point, he's going to have to hope that other people implode or else he's not going to be winning. So, Ralph, we're going to put you under the spotlight here because you are handicapping. Whenever I see three rounds where you can say, well, a front nine is good, back nine isn't, I'm always wondering, is that just a fluke? Or is there a fundamental reason Tiger's struggling on the back. So is it just about these three rounds, or is there a reason beyond that? Well, when you really parse the numbers, everybody's playing very flat on the back nine. The back nine is just not a so lot what of is, So what does flat mean? No one's really scoring. No, okay. one, no one's going low on the back nine. They're just trying to hold par. Maybe gain a stroke, maybe two of them. So really, really Tiger good. is not playing any worse than anyone else on the well, back. Well, and this is why when you really break down the numbers, he was three over through the first two holes of the back nine his first two holes of this tournament. Since then, he's one or he, yeah, he's one under on the back nine the rest of the tournament. So he's not played poorly, but he's not gained ground. And since he's behind, he needs to gain that ground in the first nine holes, or else it's probably not going to happen. Okay, so what I'm hearing is it's not so much Tiger has a big disadvantage on the back nine. It's it's going to be hard to make up ground on the back nine right. since he's behind. He's got to make it up early. Exactly. I mean, really, it comes down to that 17th hole. It's par five. Is going to be probably the last chance that he'll have to uh, lose a stroke. So what we're saying is in game, if you are betting in round and Tiger is, let's say, down three at the turn, you're not very optimistic. I wouldn't be, no. I, I think, I mean, I think it's enough of his, su- su- his silky smooth voice. I mean, That's it, it? We're kicking him out? Yeah, I mean, your voice, I can, compete, I can compete with you, Cofield. <laughs> I mean, this guy. It's quite womanly. How, how did, now, have you taken voice lessons? No. It's just, just, you just woke, like when you were like three years old, it was like, Mommy, can I have some milk? Like, yes, in that uh, silky voice. I'd prefer a peanut oh, butter sandwich. You see, he's going lunch. a little deeper. He's like, even, like <laughs> Well, he, I was lower to the ground back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ralph, we really appreciate it. And I always well, thanks, say, guys. I always say this, but I genuinely mean it. <laughs> No. I'm, Other times, maybe not so much. No, 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 But no. this time, I mean I'm, No, I mean everything I say, but some things I mean with even more vigor okay. than, than I express. I love the Fox Sports Radio has the update, guys. I mean, you look, back even five years ago, seven years ago, there was a ton of the ESPN had them, local, guy, local stations had them, the bigger ones. And now, I mean, Ralph, you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not, I mean, obviously, we don't know every local market, but nationally fox is the only one right on the sports side uh there may be another but fox is really dedicated to it yeah and to me it's not cheap i mean when you know let's be candid when you look at rouse outfit this guy's making some money so i'm not judging i'm not saying it's wrong but fox is going in their pocket and it sucks people are losing jobs over this a lot of people had update jobs over over how much money ralph makes 
No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, in local markets. Yeah. Well, you're right. But I felt yeah. that was also a stepping stone gig, not to say anything about update folks at Fox, but that well, was a stepping national- stone gig in the past at and, local stations. And you look at a guy like Looney, who is a personal friend of the show, and you know this is a guy that does a great job as an update guy, but now he, he over many years, became a co-host with JT. And to me, that dynamic is one of the best in radio. So I love it, but I also love that Fox Sports Radio cares about content. The dirty secret in radio, and Ralph, you actually have uh, been the general manager of stations in Florida, we were talking yeah. earlier, um, PD, program director. So you've been on pre- a host of a show, mm-hmm. every facet of radio pretty much. Yep. And this has been my experience, and I'm not talking about you as a PD or whatever, is programming directors, content is the redheaded stepchild of radio. Sales is, it's not sales, it's 20% more important. <laughs> sales is triply. Don't get him in trouble. Well, no, no, he, we're talking generically okay, here. You don't right, pay yeah. bills with great stories. Yeah. <laughs> but in theory, but here's the way <laughs> I've always right. thought about it. I've always thought at pregame.com, everything I've ever done at my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, is if I produce great content, the money's easy. You know, there's a great line in The Devil's Advocate. It's been a while. This movie's like 23 years old. The Devil's Advocate, Al Pacino, and he was uh, negotiating with Keanu Reeves, and he was going to be a lawyer at the New York firm, and he said, we haven't even talked about money yet. And Al Pacino goes, money. He goes, that's the easy part. And really, if you have, I mean, think about like Joe Rogan on podcasts. From what I hear, and I know people over at Rogan's organization, they're, they don't know, they can't believe how much money they're making <laughs> why because he's getting like over a million listens per episode when you have a million people listening making money is easy right but i get it you got to con- balance it with sales and, and content i get it but the idea that content doesn't matter that's the case at a lot of local stations i'm not going to speak to any uh, national network specifically but at fox to me having the update guys is really emblematic of caring about content. We've got a lot of preseason football to break down. Tonight, Minnesota took out Denver. Fezzik has a strong take. Actually, uh, didn't like what he saw from one of the starting quarterbacks. That's on the way. But first, Steve DeSager with the latest. Thank you very much, guys. So that's where Ralph is tonight. At the PGA Championship, <laughs> Brooks Kepka leads by two strokes over Adam Scott, who shot a third-round 65. Ricky Fowler is three back. Tiger Woods is four shots back after another 66, tied for sixth place with Jason Day, Justin Thomas, and others. Dustin Johnson, ranked number one in the world, shot 72 today, so he fell to a tie for 21st, seven back. Jordan Spieth is tied for 28th. Rory McIlroy tied for 45th place, 10 back going to the final round. Phil Mickelson missed the cut this morning along with Sergio Garcia and Matt Kuchar. Just two NFL exhibitions tonight in Denver. The Vikings were 42-28 to winners over the Broncos. Starting quarterback Kirk Cousins played one series, 4-for-4 four four passing, 42 yards and a touchdown. At Arizona, about a minute to go, the Chargers are trailing but driving. It's Arizona for the moment, 24-17 over the L.A. Chargers. Everything final in baseball, Colorado beat the Dodgers on a three-run homer, bottom of the ninth, 3-2. Earlier, Arizona blew its game. Cincinnati scored four in the bottom of the eighth to beat the Diamondbacks 6-3. Seattle won at Houston 3-2. The save to Edwin Diaz is 45th. 11-inning win for Miami. Doubleheader sweep for Boston. Yankees won. Boston, uh, by the way, the best overall team in the majors. 
84 and 35. And MVP candidate J.D. Martinez hit two home runs again tonight, 37 for the season. He has 104 runs batted in. In the late games, Philadelphia won 5-1 at San Diego. Aaron Nola now 13 and 3 for the Phillies. Pittsburgh won 4 nothing at San Francisco. The Giants retired Barry Bonds, number 25. Oakland won over the Angels, 7 nothing in Anaheim. Chris Davis is 34th home run. Back to you. Steve, straight out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need. When you need them, Granger's got your back. Granger, for the ones who get it done, R.J. Bell, Steve Cofield, Fezzik. One last thing on Tiger and the impressions you're getting off of him playing well in back-to-back majors. I think you sound like a square, Fez. When you're looking ahead to the $10 million one-on-one challenge here in Vegas, Thanksgiving weekend, Phil against Tiger. Tiger's what, minus 140? Tiger's a small favorite, minus 140, minus 150. And... You're going to play? I'm going to bet on Tiger Woods. He's in so much the better form right now. He's 42. Phil is 48. I thought that that number was approximately correct when it came out a couple weeks ago. But let's face it, Phil just missed the cut. Tiger's in contention. I think it's uh, time to move on Tiger before that number gets more expensive. Do you like that logic? I'm confused by it because on our weekly podcast, and we moved to two days a week once the football season starts – Fezzik, we had a crossfire where you said there's a tournament that is three weeks before this challenge. What's the name of the tournament? The Shriners. And you said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm go- this is Fezzik. <laughs> this is Fezzik voice. Yeah. He's going, <laughs> I, I'm going to be betting on the opponents of Tiger and Phil because I think they're going to not want to play well. It's like, well, what? This is like the warm up before this $10 million challenge. This is my voice of reason now. Why wouldn't you think they play well? Fezzik said, well, I think they went to two extra days to prepare. So somehow they have 21 days, but the idea of having 23 or whatever, the extra two was going to make a difference. Okay, we debated it. By, uh, by all accounts, I dominated. Okay, fine, maybe. But now you're saying because Tiger's playing well, that means you want to bet him. So I'm confused. It was, you were thinking the players were p- purposely going to play poorly, but now you think playing well is something you want to back. Explain. Well, I still want to bet against Tiger, against opponents in that Shriners I didn't ask about that. I'm asking about the following question. Is it good before this $10 million challenge for the golfers to golf well, or isn't it? It's good for them to play well. Then why wasn't it going to be good? For, why didn't they seemingly weren't going to care for the Shriners? Do you want to just say you were wrong and we'll move on? From I was that? wrong and I wanted to move on. <laughs> all right. That's all. <laughs> hey, that's it, baby. I mean, really, that's the beauty of it with me. I'm pretty tough. But if you just say that, I mean, I do respond in the following way. Victory! Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, I mean, it's not where it's without a little pain, but then it's over, Fezzik. It's over. So I agree with him, though. I mean, if we think about it in the following way, yeah. current form. Now, now, we're a ways away. When is this tournament exactly? Or, or the, the, the challenge heads up Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. so we're talking, what, four months plus, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I, I don't see any reason not to wait because, well, that's interesting. Really? I think that you don't think the number will jump. It's minus 140 now. But if we're betting only for current form, can we really ascertain that four months ahead? Right. So to me, if you have another reason to bet Tiger 
for whatever reason, bet him now because guys like Fezzik are going saying perking up their ears, saying, "Oh, look how good he looks." Maybe that's a sign to bet him. So if you like Tiger anyway, I think bet him now. If it, if it's going to be about current form, I'm going to wait till closer to the, that challenge to see what the current form is. If you're just joining us, Tiger Woods seventh. On the odds board, going into the final round, 20-1, to 1, and he's 8-under. He's four strokes back of the leader, Brooks Kepka. Straight out of Vegas, R.J. Bell, Fezzik, Cofield. Let's turn our attention to preseason football tonight. Minnesota, 42-28 over Denver. Fez has some commentary about the starting quarterbacks. I think this might drive you nuts, R.J. Minnesota, Cousins. We worried about Cousins, his acclimation to being the quarterback for Minnesota, he was great tonight. I was so impressed with how strong he looked against a strong Denver defense. I know it's preseason. I'm on board. Big quarterback upgrade for the Vikings from week one on. Okay, so Case Keenum last year for the Vikings, QBR. So there's a quarterback rating QBR. QBR supposedly is a little more expansive. It considers running and such. Case Keenum, third best quarterback in the NFL 2017. Now, you could say, oh, look how good. And Colin has said this on the herd. He said, look how good that team around him has been. He's a mediocre quarterback that had a circumstance that allowed him to have a great year. Okay, I could see that. Here's some contrary data to that theory. Football outsiders, they do a lot of deep analysis, analytics, and they said, let's look at quarterbacks and what their, their DVOA is, which is pretty much like how effective they are under pressure. And a positive number means you're good, negative number, or above average negative means bad. There's only been three or four, I'm going by memory, quarterbacks in their history, and this has been like 15 years, that's had a positive DVOA under pressure. Case Keenum last year was one of them. Now, that, to me, belies. It goes against the idea that, oh, a great offensive line, a great running game, great receiver. Well, listen, when you're under pressure and you're one of the handful of quarterbacks in 15 years to perform above average of all quarterbacks in all situations while you're under pressure, man, that makes me at least a little optimistic about Keenum. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that the Minnesota's new quarterback is uh, Cousins is going to be problematic at all. It just means this idea that it's a big upgrade. Boy, I mean, Fez, let me ask you, how do you characterize Keenum's year last year? Phenomenal. I mean, MVP so how, level. So how can it be an upgrade from an MVP level? I think it was a really good fit from Keenum played in this game for Denver, and all of a sudden, not playing for Minnesota, his DVOA wasn't very good. In fact, he was awful in his first game with Denver tonight. Only threw four passes, one completion, five uh, yards. Okay, so the awful, it's interesting that you buried the lead. The awful is <laughs> he had three incompletions. Yes. <laughs> I told you it was going to drive you nuts. <laughs> I mean, Fez, this is, it sounds like you had an, I, it, it, it sounds very much to me that you had a narrative and you were just going to cram this data into it regardless. You're the one that's told me for years and years, the only time you can really care about preseason is when it's ones against ones. 
And you got to keep in mind how few reps there really are going to be ones versus ones. So you can get an idea, but don't overreact. Are you somehow going back on that? I just want to have a strong take on this game, but I'm not going to go back on what I said. You're right. What it's does a that small mean? Sample. What did you, you just, just say? Did you want to have a strong upgrade yeah. on Keenum in Denver? You know something. He's getting beat. I mean, let's just let it. Fez is probably, I think, certainly the best NFL handicapper in the world. I think he might be the best of all. But he just, I mean, this is just weathering for him, this project. So we're going to let him go right now. We're not even going to. Are we? Well, maybe when we, you know, maybe when we come, maybe when we come back, we're going to give him a a few more right crosses. But that's it. Fezzik has his rookie grades for the preseason in the uh, first games on the way back. Right here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I tell you, this week was the 20th anniversary of the big Lebowski I saw it Wednesday on the big screen. It was across the country. Uh, Cinemark had it. If you like intelligent comedies, I mean, a lot of listeners, we've got, honestly, the smartest listeners in sports talk. Because let's be candid, about half our listeners are betting money on their opinions, right? So they're taking them very seriously. And that's what we strive for, right? We want to be must listen. You can't afford not to listen to Straight Out of Vegas if you bet, and if you're just a sports fan, this is what you need to know because we're betting on this info. But the Big Lebowski must watch if you have if you love intelligent comedies, haven't seen it. Oh, good. The dude abides. Sarge, you and Fezzik were getting into it about the importance of the beginning of the preseason, especially with these starting quarterbacks and a guy like Case Keenum, who made his debut tonight for the Broncos. And I think that, and it's great because we talked about it through the break and it makes so much more sense to me. So, Fez, what I heard you say, and you can verify this for me, you look at the stats, they each threw four passes. Can't I mean, we can say one out of four is worse than... What was it? What was it? One out of four for one, and what for the other? Four out of four. Four, yeah. Obviously, four out of four is better, right? Let's agree with that. But, but it's the eye test, and to me, it's it's where a guy like you that specializes in the NFL, Brad Powers, out tonight with the stomach flu. He specializes in college. He's watching like thirty spring games on stream. He has the data. And the eye test. You pretty much watch, what, every regular season NFL game on the Rewind, right? Absolutely. And that eye test helps. So it wasn't so much that the, the, the stats are telling you, oh, this one guy's really good and, you know, and the other guy isn't. It was the stats a little bit, but then the eye test. Explain. Exactly. It looked like Cousins had always been the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And Case Keenum, it looked like he had had three or four practices with Denver. Now, since both are new to their team... This could be about the pace of the learning curve, which early in the year is very important. Doesn't really speak so much towards how across the season these quarterbacks are going to be. But what I hear you say is put in your back pocket. It looks like Cousins is ahead when it comes to becoming acclimated, uh, becoming learned about the system. And if we see that going into the third preseason game, 
And remember, that is the dress rehearsal. Third preseason game is the dress rehearsal. It's the most like the regular season. You can learn the most from it. If we see it still in the third game with Keenum, that he's a little behind seemingly, could be a fade early in the year. Yes. So how important is watching two V2s and threes versus threes, and especially with the rookie quarterbacks? We've got this amazing class led by Baker Mayfield with the Browns. There's a saying in poker. First of all, amazing class? I'm not sure about that yet. Let's say that there's a uh, class that's getting a lot of attention. Highly touted. As Mr. T would say, a lot of jibber and jabber. All right, we'll see. Highly touted. I'll accept that one. Here's what I believe about poker, and I think it applies to rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> this, is, this is like Colin, right? He's got it. He always connects those analogies. You can tell right away if someone's a bad poker player. It takes a long time to tell if they're good. Because in a normal, even 2-5, no limit game, 5-10 game especially, and then above, and I played uh, mostly 5-10, I don't play as much anymore, if a guy's playing 12 of the first 20 hands, it's almost impossible that he's good. <laughs> he might win, he might lose. Unless he's a true top 20 player in the world that's playing low limits for some, you know, again, low limits, there can be $5,000, $6,000 pots in 510, but still for him, it would be low limits. He can come, like I can go to a, you know, $0.50 game and uh, in a casino, not online because they're different. And play all, you know, half my hands and probably break even, or I guess with the rake, maybe not, but do okay. Let's say that. So if a guy is super superior, yeah, but that's not going to be the case. You can tell by the way he's shuffling his chips or whatever is in general, if a guy's playing too many hands, you see a guy, you know, call on the river with second pair and, 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 and it just doesn't make sense. You can find out really quickly if a guy doesn't know what he's doing, but I see tight guys all the time that aren't very good players. It's just not as obvious. So, Fez, with poker first, do you agree with the idea you can see the bad players quickly? Absolutely. And sometimes it only takes one hand, RJ. Miss Finland against Ronnie the Poker Pro. So what I'm saying is when it comes to quarterbacks, you can see if they're playing against number twos and number threes and they're really struggling, that's a big problem. If they're not struggling, it's not a sign that they're good. It's a sign that they're not Bad. I'm really fired up to hear about Mayfield and the other rookie quarterbacks with Fezzik grades because I think we're going to have a good debate over and, Baker Mayfield. And I strongly disagree with one. Okay. Of his grades. <laughs> All right, that's on the way. Another 60 minutes right here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Back here in Sin City, it is Steve Cofield along with R.J. Bell. Hour number two, jam-packed. If you missed the first hour, you missed... The representative of the Joes, Steve Cofield, in the square chair. He's down $50 betting golf. What do you know about golf, really, Cofield? Uh, Not much. My peak, I was like a 17 handicap. I'm good. At your peak? <laughs> I wasn't good. You were a 17, I, I, 17 handicap would shock me. 17? Well, you're, you're great on my it, athleticism. <laughs> way out of way. So you really were a 17 handicap? Sure. On par three? Yes, on a par three. (laughs) On a a, a par 60 course, yes. He's down $50 betting on Tiger Woods. Fezzik, you booked him again. We'll be talking about that later this hour again, recapping it. 
Now, though, a lot of talk in the NFL. We're going to get Fezzik's grades on some of these rookie quarterbacks. And as we said in the last hour, I think you can tell if a rookie's in trouble, but I don't think you can necessarily, necessarily tell if a rookie's going to be good. Let's see what the grades are. So let's talk Baker Mayfield. Plays the game against the Giants, goes 11 to 20, 212 yards, two touchdowns. The Fezzik grade for number one pick, Baker Mayfield. He gets an A. And the reason 50, 55% completion gets yeah. an A. Absolutely. And here's why all of his other rookie quarterbacks are Dinkin and Duncan. They're not trying to do anything. They're just trying to get their feet wet, not make big mistakes from the. So, that, so you're telling us now they're all going to get like B minuses or below? Possibly. Oh. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. But Mayfield, what distinguished him was that he got set up to fail. They ran the ball first down, and he got stuck with a lot of second and tens and third and tens, and he didn't do any dinking or dunking. He avoided the rush, and he was under distress and duress, and he fired the ball, not just down the field, but well down the field, and was extremely successful doing it. Only two of 55% the 55% completion. I went through every single pass. Only two of the 20 passes do I consider to be inaccurate at all. He threw one away intentionally. The other ones were all in date. Pretty darn good coverage that they got knocked away or his receiver dropped it. Well, so wait a minute now. We've got a new way to grade quarterbacks. It's not if you complete the ball or not. It's somehow if you make a horrible throw. I think Aaron Rodgers makes horrible throws like once a month. I mean, seriously, how no, I mean, how often do you see Aaron Rodgers just miss a receiver? So almost never, but he's also the first or second best quarterback in the league. Okay, but now it sounds like like if Fezzik had a son in eighth grade. And it was the first game he quarterbacked in pads. What you just said would make sense. I mean, when did have, I've never, in my, I've been gambling since I was 14 years old. I've never heard someone critique a quarterback by saying he only missed through two or 20 and the others, they were covered. If you had told me that was Aaron Rodgers quarterback in Cleveland in a Mayfield uniform, I would have believed you. He was wow. that poised, okay. right. that accurate, and he was more mobile. So, so than you're Aaron saying Rogers. two, you're saying Aaron Rodgers throws, uh, has two bad passes every 20. Well, one, he th- Mayfield threw away intentionally. No, no, you said that. You said one intentionally, two bad passes, and the rest they were covered, is what you said. Yeah, I think. Out so of, two out, bad passes. Maybe one, RJ. Maybe one. So now he's changing. Again, he's changing his tune. I saw more than one bad pass. But in terms of high end, he, he, he delivered three passes that were dynamite. I'm not comparing Baker Mayfield to this guy. But if you're grading to, on to this, who's this Riverboat. Guy? Aaron I'm going to get to it. Okay. Riverboat Gambler. A guy, and I, he's not Brett Favre. But if you, Brett Favre was graded differently, wasn't he? No, I mean, you. I think graded differently in the following way to say, well, he had a lot of interceptions right. to be an elite player. But when you added it all up, he had the most. I mean, I can't. I don't know what I think. Peyton Manning passed him by, right? But he had the most passing touchdowns in history when he retired. The most passing yards in history when he retired. So, yeah, he had a stat that was a little inflated, but you said, hey, he went downfield so much. Look at the result. Look at the Super Bowls. Look at all the touchdowns. Look at all the yards. In this case, we're excusing that he's going downfield, but somehow 55% is okay. I've never, I mean, like, literally, NFL quarterbacks complete 70% of their passes. The good, the very good ones are approaching 70. Terry Bradshaw was like 55%. 
When, what's the last quarterback in the NFL that was 55% that was considered good over the course of a season? Burt Jones? Archie Manning? Now, I get it. This is one game. Maybe mm-hmm. he's maybe he's going to throw great. But you can't look at this game and talk about how good it was when he completed 11 of 20. You've got to put it in the context that he's throwing down the field. Look at the Giants. Their quarterbacks are No dead. other quarterback. No, I, I'm not saying that you should look at someone who went 7 for 8 with a bunch of dinks and dunks and saying he was so much better. I'm saying I'm not sure. In a weird way, what I hear you saying is this. These rookie quarterbacks aren't really ready. There's two approaches to it. Throw them into the fire, let them throw downfield, and accept the fact they're going to complete far less of the percentage of passes that they need to to be good, but hope that they're going to get there one day. Or let's get them very comfortable, throw short, throw bubble screens, etc., and then let them throw downfield. But both of them, both those approaches assume they're not ready for what you need to do in the NFL, which is throw downfield and complete a lot of passes. I disagree. Okay. He, the fact that he threw as far downfield as he did, 55%, is a fine pass rating. That's Fezzik. RJ Bell is here. It's Steve Cofield straight out of Vegas. Last point on the Browns. Could we have a quarterback controversy by week five or six? And do you factor that into your handicap of the Browns moving forward? I think the following is a real paradox with the Browns. They have a team that should be on a three-year plan from today. From today, yeah, right. Meaning that if they made the playoffs in three years, let's say, all right, so it's eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. If I were the owner of the Browns, I would sell and try to buy into the Steelers. But if I were the owner of the Browns, I and God came down and said, "You'll win six games this year, nine games the next year, and make the playoffs in year three, I'd say, "Deal, okay, deal." Now, it doesn't mean they can't somehow get lucky and make the playoffs and all that, but in general, this isn't a Super Bowl team, the Browns. So now you should be planning for the future. And I am not. I don't mean tanking. I mean making decisions that put you in a position to win next year and the year after more so than this year, trying your hardest to win this year, right? But if somehow a, a team went in this year's draft and said, hey, Give us your fourth rounder, and we'll give you a third rounder next year. And let's say you thought you were going to win about as many games as them, so you were really getting like 32 a pickets, 32 slots better or so is what you would expect. I would say, you know, we're not going to probably make the playoffs this year. I'm not, that sounds like a good deal to me, right? Whereas you look at the Saints, you look at the Steelers, the sense is this is it. If it's because of Le'Veon Bell in his last year with Pittsburgh, if it's that Breeze, maybe he's got one good year left, maybe two. And that's why I liked what the Saints did with the draft. Everyone, or most people didn't like it. They said if you do the Jimmy Johnson math on them trading up for an edge rusher, it wasn't a good trade. But to me, it seems like what they were saying is we need an edge rusher very badly. Only way to get one we like is to trade up. We think we can win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. And what happens six, seven, eight years down the road, we're going to have to deal with it because it's so rare to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. When are you going to get another Drew Brees? You're not sure. It could be 20 years before you get another quarterback that good. So I love that the teams know when it's time to maybe think myopically, think short-term versus think long-term. The Browns, though, seem like they're tugging and pulling between short-term and long-term. 
I think it's only logical they should be thinking, let's call it midterm, two, three years. But you got a you got a coach that's one and thirty one. It's the worst two year run in the history of the NFL, not for any coach, for any team. So he wants to win now. To me, it's a mistake of ownership, GM, whoever's making that ultimate decision. You either got to fire him yep. or tell him, forget about the one and 31. You've got three years. Let's see you do it. Is there it. any chance they told him that? And if so, then it feels like he, and, and, and we talked about it last night, Cofield. I don't know if we want to play the sound again or if you want to recap it, but, but yep. on hard knocks, it felt like, they're talking about a tug and pull. Why don't you recap there, what you saw? There's clearly a coup is a strong word. There's a philosophical difference between the head coach, Hugh Jackson, who likes to make sure every player is 100% healthy before being out there on the practice field. And Todd Haley's walking in and even a wide receiver like Jarvis Landry. And they're like, what is going on here? No one is playing. Everyone's mending some sort of injury. Uh, Landry said, if your hamstring isn't tearing from the bone, you need to be out there. And he said, for me to be great, I have to be out there every day. So Haley brought that up, and you Jackson's like, I'm the boss, brother. I know. I got fired up, man. <laughs> there, but you can see there's a philosophical difference with the coordinators versus the head coach. My chest hurts, by the way. Jarvis Landry, we're laughing. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> you know, there's a... Uh, Actually, in the show Breaking Bad, his name, his, his street name was Heisenberg, right? So, Fez, you went to Northwestern. I went to The Ohio State University. You would think your academics were a lot better, though. I'm not so sure. I know we win a lot more football games. But, but, is there's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And what that means in science is if something is observed, the act of observing it affects what you're seeing. I think hard knocks is a great example of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle is how do we know how Haley's acting? If those cameras are off, how do we know how Landry's acting? So it feels like, and again, I love Mike Lombardi from the ringer uh, as a guy that knows football, like few in the media do. He hates Hugh Jackson. He calls him Huey Headline. I don't know, hate. He's, wow. a, he's negative Man. on Hugh Jackson. He calls him Huey Headlines. He says he's a great PR guy. And that's a lot. And again, remember, Lombardi was the GM of the Browns. So who knows what's lingering there? Right? It wasn't that many years ago. But in general, I think most of us would agree Huey is cognizant, Hugh Jackson, of the press. And I think everyone's positioning themselves to look good here. So. As much as it's fascinating, I'm not really sure how much of it is legitimately what these people are feeling and how much of it is for the camera. Fezzik has his second highest rookie quarterback grade on the way. RJ doesn't like it. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. RJ Bell across the way. Fezzik, Cofield, we're breaking down some of the preseason performances of the rookies. Highest grade so far from Fezzik at A for Baker Mayfield. He's got Sam Darnold after the Jets win 17-0 with the second highest grade. Hold on one second, though. We have to have our weather report right now. 
on the Vegas Strip. This is almost hard to imagine. Last night, <laughs> 97 degrees. Tonight, 66 degrees wow. and raining. The neon is crackling. I get into my car around 8, 10, and it was still 105 degrees. Is that right? Yeah. So, so it it's 11, tw- it's <laughs> dropped 40 degrees. <laughs> crazy. Vegas, baby. <laughs> yes. Vegas, baby. Second highest grade. Sam Darnold. Why? B plus. He wants to be on the herd. <laughs> Colin's love affair with Darnold, perhaps. He might have some good reasons for having a love affair. <laughs> oh, look at him. Look at him. Let me summarize why I gave him a B plus. Peace and love. Peace and love. All comes down to the end of the first half. Touchdown pass. Darnold throws a perfect pass. His receiver drops it. Next play. Touchdown pass. Darnold shakes it off. Another great pass. Uh oh. Yellow canary. Penalty against the Jets. Normally, a quarterback would get I wonder, rattled. I wonder if the listeners are wondering if there's a streaming problem. He's taking like three sacks. Like he's pausing for dramatic effect. Like, uh-oh. And then one, two, three. There's a flag on the play. A little less dramatic. So normally the rookie quarterback, after having thrown two passes that should have been touchdowns, that got both didn't become touchdowns, would get discouraged. Nope. Went ahead and threw his third touchdown pass. This one finally counted. I was very impressed. And then what's this? It's Josh McCown, the incumbent, cheering for him genuinely and running on the field. The chemistry's great, and I really thought the performance was solid. And Cofield, um, what did you think? Because last <laughs> night you didn't seem too high. I thought it was uh, fine. It was a B. I didn't think it was a B plus. I thought you brought up a big concern is that they didn't really open up the offense. There was a lot of dink and dunk. Not a ton of yards for 18 attempts. It was less than 100 yards, right? So how's five yards per attempt, Fez, in the NFL? Not good. And it included that long touchdown. How long was that touchdown that you the, just talked about? Oh, it was like 10 yards. Oh, oh, all those dramatics were over a 10-yard touchdown? All right. <laughs> this, this, this He's is, resilient! This is what I'm going to say. And, and again, I, I am pretty hard on Colin about this because I just plain disagree. Now, full disclosure, I was on set on the herd about a year ago, talking, and Colin was all talking Rams. And I literally laughed at him on, on air. He was playing right. All right. So listen, I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm far from it. I just need to be right about 55% of the time. That's how you make a living at sports betting. And what I'll say is this I like a lot of the things about Darnold that some of the other people like. But here's what I know the Browns are supposed to somehow now have a good front office. Right? They got a guy, Dorsey, right, from what Kansas City pedigree and Green Bay? Correct. Giants are one of the best programs, institutions in the NFL. Dave Gettleman is back. How many, guy, how many teams have two Super Bowl rings this century? All right? So Giants are on that list. To me, they both said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And Baker Mayfield was a shocking pick. It wasn't like it was, you know, Andrew Luck and they took him over Darnold. No, it was a guy that walked on twice in college football. Up until two days before the draft, no one thought Mayfield was going number one. No one. No one. So, And maybe the Browns are going to, you know, look very sharp with this. Who knows? But what I know is I don't see many Lock franchise guys get passed on twice. Andrew Luck, no one was thinking of passing on him. 
right? So my point is, I think Darnold's probably, I mean, let me ask you, do you think there's any reason to be higher on Darnold right now than let's just say um, Jameis Winston coming into his rookie year? I yes. mean, we can all yes. say, oh, yes. there were intangible problems. But I mean, I think that's, that's a bad guy to compare him to. You have what? to admit the intangible what? issues are, they've turned out well, to be a big they, problem. They've turned out to be a big yeah. problem. But, but let's, say, mm-hmm. let's say Mariota, yeah. right? Is, was there really a reason to think Darnold was a better college player than Mariota? No. And right now, I think we'd all agree, if Mariota doesn't step it up, he's going to be a disappointment. So I said it last night. I'm going to say it again. Fez, I, I don't know if you heard. Let me know if you did. What, let's say the following. Five years from today... Sam Darnold is a top 16 quarterback, so top half of the league in the NFL. And let's say we were going to use you know, some objective measure that we trust. We're not going to actually bet this, so it doesn't matter. Let's say there was a real objective measure you could really trust. Would you bet it even money, yes or no, that Darnold's going to be a top 16 quarterback? You're, he- you're hesitating? I'm really? hesitating. Wow. So I you think th- it's a tough question. And that's my point. I said, if anything, I made a good line then. As the official odds provider for the Associated Press, <laughs> it makes sense. But my thought was, it's about 50-50 that, he, that Sam Darnold's a top 16 quarterback. I think it's probably less than that about Mayfield. I think it's certainly less than that about Josh Rosen. And so, I, it's not. this isn't against Darnold. It's just I think because there's a, a lack of a true franchise guy this year, Darnold probably fits the mold of a franchise guy the best. So relatively, he looks good. But like I said, better than Mariota coming in? I'm not sure. And let's go down the list of other top five draft choices the last five years. Historically, they're about 50-50. So I'm not so pessimistic. But I tell you, I'm not that optimistic either. Fezzik, are you optimistic on the Jets? Since they have, it looks like, at least two capable quarterbacks and the potential of having a third? Very much so. And we always say Why this. are they 180-1 to one to win the Super Bowl? By the way, interesting, in AC, where the odds are a little bit skewed because of New Jersey and New York betters, they're 75-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Bookies are bad. <laughs> it's a little bit of a headache. Their quarterbacks are so good. It's a good problem to have. But what are you going to do with Bridgewater? I mean, I'd rather have one elite quarterback. Like, what is the ask ceiling? Him for his plan? His plan's different than mine. Okay, but l- let me ask this first. Yeah, yeah. What is the who's the who has the highest ceiling amongst the Jets' current quarterbacks this year? Bridgewater. Okay, mm. and how high? Reasonably, not saying his 99th percentile, you know, career year times ten, but rather. Let's say if he plays 75% of all the outcomes, if he's 75% lucky, let's say he's far past half to having the best season he can, but he's not all the way there. I mean, is Bridgewater better than the 16th best quarterback in that scenario? Oh, my goodness. Yes, he made the Pro Bowl two years ago. Oh, for ago. that doesn't mean anything. How good? How good? I mean, it means he was competent. How good? Well, so many quarterbacks sit out, like anyone healthy makes a Pro Bowl. How good was Bridgewater? That year, he was good. He was good back to back years. He hit sixty five percent two straight years. Well, apparently, uh, uh, (laughs) completion percentage doesn't matter. His sample size was a little higher. Well, well, oh, okay, so it does matter. Okay, (laughs) it's confusing. It's confusing. (laughs) But but the question is, Bridgewater, you wouldn't said he was a top ten quarterback, would you? Oh, I would have. 
Wow. wow. You were in the minority there. Yeah. I mean, Why Co- the Vikings let him go? Yeah, good question. Well, because the, the Vikings felt like you'd never be the same. But they just let him go how long yeah. ago? Did he make some big? Did he make some big surge in health in the last three or four months? Well, they knew he wasn't going to be able to play for a year and a half. But when did they let him go? They kept him on. I mean, this was the first yeah, year. This last offseason, he was a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying makes no sense. There's concerns about his health. That's the big well, uncertainty. You, you think he was a top ten quarterback? Clearly, the Vikings don't even think he's what top twenty. Yeah, because if you think the guy's top ten, I mean, how much? I'm not a contract guy. I'm not always looking at the contracts. How much did he sign for? Oh, under, what was it? I think six. So you're saying a guy, if he's healthy, is a top 10 quarterback and they wouldn't pay six million for him. So you, Faz, not only are you disagreeing with me in this case, you're disagreeing with the Minnesota Vikings. And they know far more about Teddy Bridgewater than I do. Okay. So let's accept maybe Bridgewater's ceiling isn't so high. But my point is, I'd rather have, I think you got three quarterbacks that could very well be the 20th best quarterback in the NFL if they play well. Even Darnold. I think if he has a good, if he really emerges in a way I don't expect, but he very possibly could, then I think, yeah, Darnold might be the 20th best quarterback in 2018. He could be, but you don't win the Super Bowl with the 20th best quarterback. I'd much rather have one guy. And again, that's why I think really when he's ready, because that's the paradox with quarterbacks. You want to get him reps, but you don't want them to get gun shy. If they're starting to look at their feet, they're starting to always be worried about pressure. And we've seen quarterbacks get ruined in their rookie year. I think as soon as you feel like he can be competent, you got to give the rep to the the reps to the rookie, unless you think the other quarterback can take you to the playoffs. And that was the beauty of the Jets last year that their rookies Petty and Hackenberg were so bad that they let McCown play most of the year. Yeah, but still, that was an example where McCown had an amazing year considering his age and expectation. They still had a horrible record, right? Five they, wins, and and they weren't developing anybody, right? Because McCown won't be there, uh, and he might be there next year, but almost certainly not the year after that. We've got more grades. Last two rookie quarterbacks: Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Who did Fezzik like more? But first, Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, guys, we'll start a third-round action at the PGA Championship where Tiger Woods struggled a bit with his short game, made what could have been a great round into just a solid round. Tiger shot four under 66 while birdieing five of the first eight holes. He then proceeded to miss putts of 20 feet or fewer on seven of the back nine. He enters Sunday in a tie for sixth at si- tie for fourth, excuse me, at six shots off the lead. Brooks Kupka tops the leaderboard at 12 under. He also shot at four under 66 on Saturday. Adam Scott in second place at two shots back. John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, and Gary Woodland tie for third at three shots off the lead. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the diamond, the A's steamroll the Angels 7 to nothing. Marcus Simeon with two home runs for Oakland. They have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Mariners for the second wild card in the American League. Mariners did beat the Astros 3-2. to Pirates spoil Barry Bonds' jersey retirement night with a 4 nothing victory in San Francisco. Michael Franco with his 19th home run for the Phillies. They beat the Padres 5-1 to in San Diego. Philly leads the Braves by one game in the NL East after the Braves lost to the Brewers. Back to straight out of Vegas. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. So, so we are just talking about Teddy Bridgewater with the Jets. Did you want to follow up on it? Well, you, we looked it up yeah. during the break, and, and 
the contract is even more team friendly. Yeah, it's a six million dollar contract. The Jets are guaranteeing Teddy Bridgewater one million dollars. Meanwhile, the Broncos have twenty five mil guaranteed to Case Keenum in a thirty six million dollar deal. How about that? And again, I, to me, the Keenum question is one of the most interesting of the entire NFL season. Is he Kurt Warner or is he Scott Mitchell? Yeah, well, Scott Mitchell. Well, listen. Mitchell was I'm Marino's going, backup yeah, in, but, in 94. He played a little bit in 93. 94, he signs a three-year deal for $11 million. But I don't think that's a fair. I, I think the, Seattle, the the Green Bay quarterback, I'm having a Flynn. Is that Matt Flynn? Yeah. Is, yeah. That's the analogy with Mitchell, right? Yeah. When, when Keenum has the third-best QBR for a full season and takes the team to the championship game. Okay. Or, or I guess, uh, yeah, it was a championship game, right? Yeah. So... Uh, of the NFC, then that's not about having a backup. But all that said, the question with Keenum is, do you believe his whole career up to last year, which he was a below-average quarterback in the NFL for a starter? I mean, he was a borderline not a starter, right? Or do you trust he was the third-best quarterback last year? By the way, you asked at the beginning of the show, Cofield, could I stay, would I stand up for the whole show I just sat down. So it's a grind, isn't it? Women I need three hours weekly a day standing up. My conditioning is amazing. You stepped. <laughs> on, you you stepped on my so oh, my so it. appropriate drop. Do it. Uh, can, can you keep quiet just for five seconds? Maybe. Yeah. Here we go. Women weaken legs. All right. <laughs> uh, grade number three of the rookie quarterbacks from Fezzik, Josh Allen with the Bills. Josh Allen, C minus. He has the reputation of having an absolute howitzer for an arm, but being inaccurate. And that is exactly what I saw missing receivers. And at the end of the game, his team down four. He's got a wide open receiver deep, has to throw it 60 yards. He throws it about 65. Not optimistic. The final grade Lamar Jackson. I read some people who said, hey, you know what? He was better than game one. Your grade for Lamar Jackson in game two. Yeah, I gave him a D. Uh-oh. I really thought he struggled. He looked out of sorts, seven for 18. And here's the key also. Baltimore was playing the Rams. We had our best bet here in straight out of Vegas on Baltimore. Total right side winner. The Rams could not care at all about this game. And yet, a disinterested Rams team, still while they're getting tr- absolutely trucked, managed to keep Lamar Jackson completely in check. And to me, I think it's a. Let's go back to this idea of Sam Darnold, and he was passed on by the Browns and the Giants. Look at who passed on Lamar Jackson. All right, a lot of talk about Belichick. Like he, Belichick was the coach, and the Patriots was the program that could develop this super talented, you know, athletic quarterback. They had a chance. Patriots, they said, ah, no. No, thanks. And then you might say, but the Ravens, let's be honest, John Harbaugh, he really knows knows his quarterbacks, really knows his football. And I agree with that. As a Steelers fan, I I hope Harbaugh leaves (laughs) because, again, people were saying, oh, this is a must-win year for them. Okay, fine, because he'll get a job in about 10 minutes, right? He's one of the dozen best coaches in the NFL. Uh, Harbaugh is for the Ravens for sure to me. But remember, Cofield, they traded back when they could have picked Lamar Jackson. And they had no idea that someone wasn't going to trade up for him. Right. So they were pretty much saying, ah, we'll pass on him. Oh, he's still here? 
okay, he's finally a price. We'll take a shot. Doesn't mean anything. Tom Brady, uh, what, what it means is, though, it's not like any team. Any team could have had Lamar Jackson for a fair price. You know, trading up to, not, what did he go, 28 or so, I think? Trading up to 26, 27, that's not that expensive. I mean, you could have traded a, you know, again, I'm not going to go into the Jimmy Johnson index, but you could have, any team could have had him fairly priced. And every team said no, and the Ravens finally took him. Doesn't mean he won't be great even. It just means that no team was super high on Lamar Jackson. And the preseason, to me, hasn't changed anyone's thoughts in that regard. That's RJ Bell. I'm Cofield. Fezzik is here as well. It's straight out of Vegas. Rapid fire on some more preseason games. The Patriots take out the Redskins. 26-17. What'd you see, Fez? I think the number one takeaway, Washington loses their second-round running back, Geis. He was projected to be their starter. This is a team that couldn't run the ball last year, 28th in the rush. This is a big loss early in preseason for the Redskins. How good was Geis? He was the fourth choice on the odds board for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So did I hear right? The takeaway is having the fourth-best rookie Losing him for the season is a bad thing. <laughs> well, he was taken in the second round, so some might say it's not that big a deal to lose a second rounder. I think it is. All right, so your point, all right, now that, that gets more interesting. Your point is, and remember, rookie of the year is about chance or, or likelihood to put up stats because right. it's a stats-type voting. Darnold is 22-1. to 1. He was a top-five pick. Geis was 13. By the way, Geis slipped, though. There was some controversy around him. So he really was first-round value. So they expected big impact. And what was the controversy? Character. Well, he, he actually he had loose lips about some of the interviews, and then they thought he lied about what was said on in those interviews. So I can t- I mean, you'd have to think personnel people are like, you don't do that. You don't talk about our interviews. How's the skins at running back depth-wise? They got three guys, and they're all replacement value, nothing special. So if this if if guys would have been above replacement, we're looking at a big loss there. Yeah, maybe it might be P. Ryan from formerly from Oklahoma. Uh, thought number two, Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, all dink and dunk, not going downfield at all. I got concerns. There's been a lot of media reports that he's having a bad spring, bad uh, camp. Okay, so boy, that because you never hear. I mean, that's the joke in the preseason or in camps is everyone's having their best. Everyone, you know, is no one's eating carbs in the off season is the joke. And everyone looks better than they've ever looked. So is there some of that with Mahomes and, and, and also some whispers or is it all negative? Mostly negative that he's throwing interceptions, not taking care of the ball. And now looks like they overcorrected for a super conservative play calling. And this is rare in the NFL. For a team, if we, in fact, this is going to be off the cuff, so don't feel like you've got to get the number exactly right. My famous, if everybody had a robotic quarterback and they all were the same. So it's another way of asking, don't think about quarterback, just think about the rest of the team and rank them. Where's Kansas City? I'm going to say first, I'm going to say eighth best team. I got to go 12th because their defense is well below average. All right, so somewhere, let's say 10, we'll split there. Go 11 because you won the Super Contest twice. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so to me, for a team that's the 11th best other than quarterback, to trade away a, a quarterback that was you know above average, we can all talk game manager all we want with Alex Smith. He was above average for a rookie. 
Andy Reid knows quarterback. So to me, doesn't mean he can't be surprised, but that was a very calculated gamble by KC. And if history's any indi- and it's a big gamble because they have a pretty good team other than quarterback. If history's any indication, I would ha- you have to be optimistic about him. But now the data is going, or at least so far, the reports in one game goes the other way. And maybe KC's taken more of a long-term approach. No, but that that's not what they that how many listen, Andy Reid every day is a gift, right? He has no idea how long he's going to be around coaching and healthy, <laughs> okay. right? I mean, yeah. and let's be candid. I mean, this it was, you know, a little bit of a joke, but I mean, big heavy set guys as they reached their 50, you know, I do radio with a guy named in Houston, you know, a guest every week on Fridays, Fred Fowler, uh really big name in Houston. Fred's like 51 years old. You know, he's like 5'11", maybe 240. So, like, he's a typical middle-aged white guy with a nice belly, right? But not... What if you look right to his left? He was like, hey, sounds like Cofield. No, well, <laughs> no, he's a little smidge bigger than you. But remember, you had your high school glory days, supposedly. Sure. Yeah. We have no tape on it, but okay. <laughs> glory days. But, but, the, but the fact of the matter is, Fred's always talking about, they're joking on air like he's an underdog to live to 60. And it's like, what are you talking about? You know, like you're a little, you know, I get it. He's not super healthy, but it's like guys in their 50s that are big like that oftentimes have a short-term view because they're kind of cognizant of the fact, I'm not sure how, you know, I'm not sure how long I'm going to be around. And I'm not saying Andy Reid thinks that way or he doesn't, but just with his age, I don't think he's got a five or seven year view. I think he's trying to win now. If anything, the only case I could make for Andy Reid saying that he didn't really like this bat, but he liked the upside, meaning maybe he thought there was a 60% chance that Mahomes would be less of a quarterback than Alex Smith, but he thought there was a 20% chance he could really be good. And because of that, Alex Smith wasn't going to take this Kansas City team likely to a Super Bowl, and maybe in the best scenario, this second-year quarterback could. Does that make any sense, Fez? Makes complete sense. We've got Fezzik's most important grade this week from the preseason. Plus, plus a best bet? Yes, best bet time. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! It's straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free Great quote. RJ, you are rooting for me. Well, really, you're rooting for Tiger Woods, so I win my bet, right? No. What's wrong with you? Fezzik is a professional gambler. He's got a mansion and a yacht. Fezzik is a professional gambler. You are a Joe. It's pros versus Joes, baby, and I'm always with the pros. RJ, I'm taking you out to lunch with Cofield's 20 after I, (laughs) we win. I already gave him the 20. What kind of lunch is that? (laughs) Well, it's within my budget. Hey, I like in and out. By the way, uh, latest odds on Tiger, seventh on the odds board. He's four back. He is 20 to one, four back of Brooks Kepka. And because you are such a Joe, Fezzik said, I'll give you 50% better odds. Guys, in the first hour, 20 to win $600. By the way, Cofield, lifetime against Fezzik, 0.0. Fezzik's <laughs> <laughs> been giving rookie quarterback grades throughout the show based on preseason play. This is the most important grade that we need to hear. Nothing to do with a rookie. This is a guy who's going to play. His franchise rely, uh, relies on him, Andrew Luck. 
He gets an incomplete grade because he was ultra conservative. And frankly, this really surprised me. So let's me. be clear. Ultra conservative is in not throwing downfield. Correct. He threw nine passes, completed six of them. And RJ, I thought he was going to make a statement. I'm back and come out winging it. He did not do that. He looked from the play calling like a rookie quarterback. I got to tell you guys, we always talk about in the media what is it that is changing, right? Obviously, social media has changed so much. This idea of uh, doing an autopsy on everyone, a postmortem on every one of these games, and, <laughs> you know, one for four, but there were two drops. Andrew Luck, any statement that he makes now is meaningless. The sta- Imagine if he went out and threw for 450 yards. And then had his first two games were bad of the regular season, Andrew Luck. You think everyone would say, ah, don't worry about that. Remember back in August, he threw for 450. It doesn't <laughs> matter. The only thing that scares me is if he's not thrown downfield at all, he's yet to prove he can. As soon as he starts showing he can, that's all I need to see. I agree. We have not seen that yet from Andrew Luck. Let's get to our best bet. Stop on the Washington Redskins under seven wins, two major reasons. So season win total, season under wins. seven, under seven. So they win six or less, you win. Seven, you push, tie. Eight or more, you lose. Right. And we talked about their projected starting running back, guys out for the year. So that's one reason that I'm bearish. Have we seen any movement on the win total since that injury? I have not, but I expect it will move the information's kind of coming in on all these preseason games, so the markets really haven't reflected what's happened. But the second key reason I really like this... Well, under- what does that mean? The information is coming in. What does that mean? Well, guys going out, and they had a wide receiver. Yeah, so it was known. Everyone's phones beeped. So if people thought it was worth betting the under because of that, they would have done it within 45 seconds. You would think that, but he's not important enough to move the needle. So, so really, this isn't about information coming in. This is you thinking he moves the needle, the market not. Correct. Number two reason, and this is the real key here, RJ, the schedule. Every week, Washington's schedule has gotten more difficult. Now, how can that be? They play the same teams because the teams that they're playing keep getting upgraded by Vegas. They have to play the Giants twice. They have to play Houston. They have to play Indianapolis. All these teams have been slowly, Vegas, their perception of them has been rising. So because of that, the strength of schedule of Washington has gotten much more difficult. 14 of their 16 opponents, RJ, I have rated being better than them, and yet they're valued as a seven-win team too high. Now, that's it. Now, this is the Skins now. Washington Redskins, best bet from Fazek, under seven season wins of the 16 games. What he said there, though, Cofield, that's why the guy won two Super Contests. So we've got a perception of these teams, let's say six weeks ago. Schedule comes out, we look at it, and we assess how tough is this Washington schedule. Now, what the non-Vegas guys do often is you'll look at last year's win percentage. That's not what matters because teams change a lot. It matters what the win total is, what Vegas projects the team to win this year. But what Fezzik is saying, hey, if you look at the teams Vegas is betting over, where they're saying we're more optimistic about these teams than you might think, and we're going to back it with cash, that a disproportionate number of those teams that Vegas is optimistic about Washington plays. So however we thought of Washington schedule, the Redskins, uh, two months ago, today in Vegas, that schedule is much tougher. 
because the teams they're playing are much better based on Vegas. One big final note, Lakers season win total comes out at 48.5, driven down to 47.5 with LeBron. Jonas Knox is on the way. We'll see you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.